It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, it is episode number 260 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. I am your host, Chris Russell. As always, we welcome you, one and all. Happy 4th of July week. It's Independence Day in America, depending on when you are listening to this episode, episode number 260 of LOR. It might even be beyond that. Hope you had a happy and safe, healthy one with family, friends, fireworks, food, some beer, didn't do anything stupid. Didn't Jason Pierre Paul your right hand? Uh, didn't drive after having too many of those beers. You get the point. Hope you all had a very good and safe holiday. Uh, if you are listening past the fourth, if you're not, then it's upcoming. Still do all of those things or don't do all of those things uh, that we just warned you about as we get started here. All right. So we have a bunch going on. Um, it, later on in this episode, we're going to get to something that Josh Norman, uh, Josh Norman, do so much on Josh Norman. Josh Doxson said recently, the Joshes, uh, they can drive you crazy, both of them. Uh, we're going to get to that as well. Ten reasons why the Redskins will be a dumpster fire. That's right. That was a column uh, written recently. Not just about the Redskins, we'll explain, but we'll get to all of that uh, but first, we wanted to start out with, you know, what is obviously very sad news and, you know, hard to hear and um, worrisome and troublesome in every way. If you guys remember, we talked a lot about the Redskins Brain Trust being on the yacht uh, outside of that that business festival in France, right, last week. And we talked about Joe Theismann. And we talked about Doug Williams and we talked about Mark Rippon and we talked about all three quarterbacks, all three Super Bowl winning quarterbacks for the Washington Redskins uh, in a picture that was distributed around, uh, you know, two of them wearing burgundy and gold Redskins socks and the Vince Lombardi trophies were there. And, um, you know, and again, everybody looked happy and everybody looked good. And Doug Williams got his one year rollover and everything. And less than a week later, uh, about a week later, we come to find out that on Sunday evening in Spokane, Washington, Super Bowl winning quarterback Mark Rippon, one of those three, was arrested for domestic violence. And that's sad in and of itself, but the, the troubling signs behind it makes you even more uh, worried for his future and... For his legacy, quite honestly. Uh, so in, in case you're not aware, in case you're of the younger side, you know, of course, Mark Rippon was the third of the three quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl. And the Redskins won uh, on January 26, 1992, at the old Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome Super Bowl 26 in Minneapolis against the Buffalo Bills. Rippon passed for nearly 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, he was uh, the uh, MVP. Of course, in that game. And again, you know, wasn't a great quarterback in terms of an all time grade or anything. He's 5'11, 
fine. He's good. Uh, but he just, that was his moment. That was his claim to fame. And unfortunately, you know, because helmet technology wasn't as good back then and, and certainly safety and, and rules weren't as good back then, and you still see a ton of injuries now, even though technology has advanced to where it is. Mark Rippon took a lot of shots to the head, a lot of concussions, a lot of problems, and there is a strong belief amongst his wife and even against uh, uh, amongst um, Rippon himself where they feel he has CTE and he's suffering from CTE. Uh, that's what he basically detailed you know, in a column last year to the spokesman, uh, to the Spokane Spokesman Review. And I know his wife has talked about it uh, as well. He was the lead plaintiff in a lawsuit filed by 4,500 former NFL players, which seeked uh, reparations for, again, CTE or chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Uh, and, you know, look, no, nobody's saying we have a firm, firm grasp on what exactly is going on in Mark Rippon's head. Nobody can figure that out. But it's pretty clear that he has some issues. He has periodic uncontrolled behavior, according to his wife. Um, you know, and certainly that leads to frustration, anger, um, whatever it might be. And on Sunday night, uh, they got a 911 call, did the Spokane police, uh, and they found Rippon standing in the grass of an intersection uh, on the property of a bank. And his wife was laying in the grass. Now, apparently the crew that responded with medical personnel spent a couple of minutes evaluating Danielle Rippon. And she did not require medical attention, but then they spoke separately to Rippon and his wife trying to establish what happened, match up the timeline, so on and so forth. According to the story that uh, I read from the scene, uh, you know, about 45 minutes goes by, and then you see a, there's a video which shows Rippon handcuffed and placed into the back of a police cruiser. He spent the night in jail. His wife appeared to be crying. Now, he's pled not guilty. He's pled not guilty to the charges, but, you know, the, the, I mean, you just don't know where this goes from here. I, I don't so much care about the actual legal matter of it. Uh, clearly, I, I do care about if he's guilty of domestic violence. That is a major, major, major problem. But what you should care about, again, is not whether he gets a misdemeanor charge. It's a fourth-degree misdemeanor not whether he's son community service, whatever, it appears very much so that Mark Rippon needs help. And I'm not a doctor, but it appears very much so that he does. And you have to think that this is heading in the really wrong direction. I don't want to scare anybody and say, I know what's going to happen here. I don't. But this is not heading in a good direction. This is not just an isolated incident, right? You don't want it to end in a much worse way. In a much worse way, I should say. Um, so 
I hope, my sincere hope, is that they can get him some help. And here's one thing I'll say. I don't know how this would be done. I'm not sure what their relationship is. I have no idea. You know, Dan Snyder makes and has so much money that he doesn't even know what to do with it for generations and generations and generations to come. I can can we please uh, I don't know, donate 20 million dollars to CTE research and to helping Mark Rippen get the help he needs. Whether it's medicine, whether it's treatment, whether it's um you know somebody to help him when these moods and uncontrolled behavior hits, I don't know. I don't have the answers. But here's the answer that I have. Dan Snyder has more money than he knows what to do with. And I don't know what Mark Rippon's financial status is. I'm sure he's made plenty of money from being a Super Bowl MVP. But the bottom line is, is we need to get him some help. Otherwise, this is not going to end pretty. This is not going to end pretty. And, again, I hate to be negative, but it's not going to end pretty. Um, so you certainly hope and wish the best for Mark Rippon, his wife, uh, Danielle, and uh, I know they have at least uh, a daughter. I'm not sure about the rest of the family, but um, you certainly hate to see this for uh, a Redskins and, quite honestly, an NFL legend. You win a Super Bowl MVP, and people will remember you forever. And, quite honestly, that was the last time the Redskins were really good. 27 years ago. So we certainly hope that he gets some help. Now, a couple of other, I guess, police blotter items as we lead off episode number 260 here that we wanted to get to is Kareem Hunt, now of the Cleveland Browns. Remember, he was cut by the Kansas City Chiefs midway through last November because he lied to them and because a video showed up and proved that he was lying to them for not one Incident. Well, for one incident, but he was also involved in another incident uh, in which nothing came out of that legally. Uh, but there is, uh, my understanding, some evidence, testimony, and um, matter of fact that he did wrong in that other particular incident. But this time, and the reason why we bring him up is because he's now in Cleveland. And, of course, he's suspended for the first eight games of the season. But he's all, his presence has already caused some issues with the new-look Browns, right? I mean, Duke Johnson wants out. Then there was the whole Baker Mayfield comments about Duke Johnson, which caused some friction, teammates, so on and so forth. And here's the bottom line. You cannot trust Kareem Hunt. Again, he's had multiple incidents. And yet, what does he do? He was questioned outside of a Cleveland bar in which, according to the stories that I've read, no police report, no body camera video, uh, no other documentation relating to any incident involving Kareem Hunt. So that's good. Here's what I know. If you're Kareem Hunt, don't go to a bar. Don't go ever. You cannot handle being in these situations without getting in trouble. And even if it doesn't happen every time, it happens enough. You put your NFL career in jeopardy. You lost a job already. You really hurt the Kansas City Chiefs, in addition to hurting your own image and career. Please don't go to a bar under all circumstances. 
I don't think this is going anywhere, but if you're Kareem Hunt, please don't go anywhere near a bar and establishment that serves alcohol. It only leads to trouble. It has already several times. Basically, live your life in a bubble. And when it comes to the Redskins, you know, they've taken some chances on guys, certainly with some questionable backgrounds. Deshaun Jackson, Junior Gallette, Reuben Foster. Again, I would always encourage an organization that is not strong at handling a lot of things and strong at dealing with chaos should avoid these type players at all costs. The Cleveland Browns have been a dysfunctional franchise for a long time. And now you're going to probably reap what you sow, even though it appears that nothing bad happened here. You don't need anything like this. Nothing. Nothing. Even if nothing happened, you don't need it. So I would always stay away from people like that. But that's me. I'd probably lose a lot of games, too. Uh, And one last police blotter item, Ezekiel Elliott. This isn't really a police blotter item, but he's meeting with Commissioner Roger Goodell in New York. It was said to have happened on Tuesday. So we'll see what happens and comes out of this. But this from an incident in which he was detained but not arrested after knocking a security guard to the ground after he apparently turned around and was involved in an argument with his girlfriend in Las Vegas. He basically, you know, turned around and I, I don't know exactly how it happened, but he pushed the security guard to the ground. He's subject to find a suspension, even though he wasn't arrested. He was detained. He wasn't arrested. I don't think this is a major deal. I think it's a pretty minor deal. But here's the thing with Ezekiel Elliott, when you've been in as much trouble as he's been, controversial or not, Please stay away from these situations. Do not live your life like you can handle being around alcohol, testosterone, and idiot-charged people. You are putting yourself in a really, really bad situation, and you become the idiot. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I would be surprised if he gets suspended. I probably would not be surprised if he gets fined. I think it's a very dangerous area. Again, these guys cannot stay out of trouble. Not everyone, but a lot of them. And we have two classic examples of Ezekiel Elliott and Kareem Hunt not doing anything major, it appears, but just the slightest little mess up, the slightest little incident makes big national news. And oh, by the way, Ezekiel Elliott has a 2020 option in his contract picked up for $9.09 million. That's not guaranteed. That's guaranteed for injury. That's not guaranteed for skill and or character type issues. And the Cowboys, as we've discussed, have all sorts of potential looming cap issues and contract issues with what they've already done on defense with Demarcus Lawrence and their offensive line, what they're about to do with Dak Prescott. What they have to do, we think, with Amari Cooper, that certainly seems like the way that's heading, uh, where Cooper would be more important and more of a priority to sign long-term than Ezekiel Elliott. You're just adding to the mix. You're adding to your resume. Stop, please. All right, so that's our police blotter uh, slash incident report to open up episode number 260. Uh, 
again, sorry for the negative tone, but the news is what the news is, right? You got three major stories. Uh, Mark Rippon arrested for domestic violence. Kareem Hunt involved in some sort of incident. No charges, no arrests made yet. Ezekiel Elliott meeting with Commissioner Roger Goodell after his incident back in May in Las Vegas. We'll take a timeout here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We'll come back with uh, some quotes from Josh Doxson via John Keim of ESPN. We'll do that next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. This is LOR 260. I'm your host, Chris Russell. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we welcome you back. It is Locked On Redskins right here. Episode number 260. Again, happy 4th of July to everyone out there. Hope you're celebrating and being safe and not stupid. So Josh Doxson is entering the final year of his rookie contract. The Redskins not picking up the fifth-year option. We've obviously covered uh, that angle a couple of uh, different times. They're getting set for training camp July 25th down in Richmond. And the 26-year-old, again, is going into a walk year. So here's the thing. As you know, for a former first-round pick, been disappointing. There's no other way to say it. Uh, He's kind of, I guess, quiet and... I don't know if moody is the right way to describe it, but he's certainly not friendly to the media, uh, and certainly that hurts his perception for whatever that's worth. Uh, But clearly the Redskins, by not picking up the fifth-year option and by drafting two more receivers, even though they let Jamison Crowder and Maurice Harris go, the writing's on the wall, right? It's not the media that thinks Josh Doxson isn't great. It's reality. It's the Redskins, right? And again, just because they didn't pick up the fifth-year option doesn't mean that he's no good. It doesn't mean that he won't be able to get a new contract. But right now, I mean, it's not a good look. It's not a good sign. And Doxson uh, recently spoke with John Kime of ESPN.com, our pal. Uh, and he was asked, of course, about this. Uh, and look, you know, I don't know Doxson well. I know him a little bit. Uh, but he seems to be pretty candid when he actually does speak. And here's a perfect example of that. Quote, I think I'm hitting free agency next year. I won't be the first, won't be the last. It's nothing to be sad about or be mad at about uh, someone wants you there. So it's all love. I mean, clearly he's saying the right thing. I don't, I don't know if it bothers him or not. He says also... Because that would mean it would have gotten to me and I'd feel some type of way, there's no motivation when asked if he would use that as a chip on his shoulder. He's basically saying, no, you know what? I don't feel pressure. We've talked about that. And now I don't feel any extra motivation. So either this guy's really good at channeling the outside noise and just looking straight ahead, tunnel vision, or he's selling a crop, crock of crap, quite honestly. And it really bothers him, but he's not saying it's going to bother him. Because this is now the second time where he said, I don't care about motivation. 
I don't, you know, he's not feeling any pressure. <laughs> okay. I mean, if if that's the case, if that's true, good for him, man. I need to see whatever he's seeing. I, I need to get on his program because that's not the way I, my brain works. I can tell you that much. Um, just to use a couple of numbers here, in his NFL career so far, or actually in the last two seasons because he's played full seasons, he's caught basically about 40 balls a year, and he's averaging, what, 517 reception yards per year? You know, I guess that's not bad. I mean, it's not good, but it's not bad. His reception percentage is 52%. The league average, 66.6%. And that's the problem. Josh Josh Doxson drops too many passes. Just doesn't come up with what he needs to come up with. I mean, he'll make a tough catch, but he just doesn't come up with what he needs to come up with. And he's got to get better at that. You know, I don't have the exact t- techniques, but he's got to get better than that. Uh, he says, Josh Norman, the other Josh, says, quote, he goes after the ball like no other. I'm talking about a jump ball. He has his strengths and abilities to be where he wants, uh, to, to be where he can be one of the top guys in the league if he wants it. We have a couple of quarterback changes since he's been here, you have to take that into consideration. And clearly, that is, there is no doubt that is a factor. But basically, what he's crediting to Kyman and other reporters is that he's read more. It's, he's in the, you know, again, the spiritual self help books. Uh, and he also got back from Rwanda, in which, you know, basically he says, look, it taught him a different new perspective. So good for him. Hopefully that will lead to 750 yards, 800 yards. How about seven touchdowns, career high? He had six in 2017. Can we do that? Can we do seven touchdowns and let's call it 800 yards? Is that that hard? I don't think so. That would put you in consideration for a new contract here. I don't know if you'd get it. I doubt you'd get it. But you'd definitely get another one. I can tell you that much. If that's your goal, is to continue to play NFL football, which, again, I assume it is. That's the word on Josh Doxson. When we come back, we'll start getting into that feature, 10 Reasons Why the Redskins Are a Dumpster Fire. Yikes! From Jimmy Kempsky of phillyvoice.com. That's next, right here on LOR. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
All right, we welcome you back to LOR, episode number 260. Good to have you with us. So I wanted to jump to this. Jimmy Kemsky, longtime Eagles beat reporter for phillyvoice.com, put together this series, and it's not just about the Redskins. It's other teams, too. Uh, but basically, it's titled 10 Reasons the Washington Team Will Be a Dumpster Fire. This season. Now, he clearly distinguishes between calling every other team by their nickname, their moniker, uh, meaning he refers to the Cowboys as the Cowboys. He refers to the Giants as the Giants. Clearly, he's making a political stance. So that's one thing that might annoy you right from the get go uh, as we start this. But uh, I thought it was interesting to kind of look back at how he kind of put this together, some cool graphics, some cool, like, fun things to kind of make it a lighter read, if you will. But it's obviously a heavy focus on football. And so I wanted to go back 10 through 1, and we'll split it up into two days uh, to, um, to allow for time here. So number 10, he says in his subheading, as always, let me check to see if Dan Snyder is still the owner. He says, yep, he is. And guess what? This year is special because May 25th marked the 20th anniversary of Snyder buying the team. And, of course, we did a lot of coverage of that. But uh, he has an illustration here with Dan Snyder and I presume Bruce Allen standing on the, you know, on, on Lady S on the yacht. Uh, and there's, you know, it's like a cartoon type thing. And you see a, a little plane flying over uh, head with a happy 20th anniversary banner and everything. It's kind of cute. It made me laugh. Uh, if I'm being totally honest with you, uh, obviously, Dan Snyder, uh, nobody wants him to continue his ownership. Number nine, who's starting at safety opposite Landon Collins? He says it's probably Monte Nicholson. He's probably right. Uh, and he says, you know, but Monte Nicholson was so bad last year, traded a fourth round pick for haha Clinton Dix, who they didn't bring back. Uh, Clinton Dix wasn't very good. Nicholson wasn't very good. We know what kind of potential he has. He was a dummy for that bar fight or that fight outside of a bar in December that got him suspended uh, the last two games of the year. He says, number eight, we need to mention Eric Flowers again. Obviously, they mentioned Eric Flowers earlier in the sequence of the column as they went top to bottom here one through ten but we're going bottom to top number eight is about eric flowers saying look there's a chance that eric flowers is going to be the left tackle if he has to play there the season's over maybe season over by week five uh, perhaps by week eight if he's starting at left guard that's not that much better nobody thinks eric flowers can play except for bill callahan who's arguably one of the better offensive line coaches in NFL history and certainly the game right now. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Either everybody's going to be really wrong or Bill Callahan's going to be really wrong. Uh, Callahan's always liked him, quite honestly. Uh, we reported on that before they even signed him. Um, also, he says, number seven, the linebackers aren't good. He goes through the whole Reuben Foster mess, which we've, of course, spent a lot of time on. Then the injury. And then he lists Washington is now left with Mason Foster and John Bostick starting at linebacker. And he says, bleh. Well, Sean Dion Hamilton will start for either one of those guys, and I ultimately think Bostick will start ahead of Mason Foster. I could be wrong on that. Uh, Foster certainly knows the defense more. Maybe he'll be, uh, you know, when, when he's fresh, Mason Foster is fine. It's second half of the season when he wears down because he's a little bit bulkier and therefore slower. And we'll end this portion uh, right here, number six. He says, this feels like an opportune time to mention that Bruce Allen is somehow still 
making decisions for this team. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, Jimmy. He is. I don't know why. I can't explain it either. He goes through his career. He goes through his winning percentage, a 7-9 record last year, improved his winning percentage to .413 or 41.3% of his time uh, here in Washington. And Bruce Allen's record, he says, in nine full seasons, which, again, we've addressed, 59-84-1. and one. That's uh, not very good, yet Bruce Allen still has a very powerful job and a very influential position in the Washington Redskins. But that explains why the Redskins have struggled. Struggled might be kind for 27 years. All right, we'll finish up the list on the next episode, episode number 261. As always, follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked on NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram. We're out of here. Happy 4th of July. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.